You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host this week, Matt Price. With me, as always, is, is Dan Myler, but uh, Ryan's on assignment this week at Disney, so we have a, brought in on a guest for uh, to talk to you guys. We have Michael, Z- oh my God, I should have asked you this before we started recording, Zingoni, Zingone. Tell me how to say your name, Michael. Perfect. Zingoni, Michael Zingoni. Michael Zingoni, at FF Zinger on Twitter. And we have Michael on today to talk about the trade analyzer, and he was one of the key developers of that tool for DLF. Uh, So I'm excited to talk to him, but let's let's say hi to Dan first. Dan, how was your Father's Day? Great. Uh, Good weekend. I got a couple boys. Uh, Got to talk to my dad as well. So uh, excited to talk about the trade analyzer, though. Uh, Since it's come out here about... Oh, geez, it's been more than a month. Michael, you can probably fill us in on that exactly, or around a month. Maybe it's been more for for us because we knew about it a little earlier. We got to play with it and tinker with it a little bit. But it seems like I'm using it more and more uh, as I get more comfortable with it. And I'm, I'm using it for more than just trade offers that I get, just kind of thinking about player values and stuff. And we're going to get to that. I'm excited to have one of the core guys that helped develop this tool on with us to explain the ins and outs and tell all our listeners about what it can do for them as dynasty owners. Absolutely. Michael, uh, tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. I already gave your Twitter handle, but feel free to plug that again. And you know, anything else that uh, you're working on right now? Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on guys. This is really like DLF podcast specifically was one of the first things I found in dynasty. I've been playing since about 2013. Um, So about, you know, five or six years ago, I actually started my first Dynasty League adventure as an expansion team. So I kind of had a unique experience and kind of built a team up from pretty much the waiver wire because that draft wasn't handled Mm -hmm. particularly well. So it was really awesome. Um, Got hooked almost immediately. Uh, I've been writing for DLF since 2017. Um, It's been an amazing experience. And, you know, as you guys said recently, uh, got to be involved in some really cool projects there, like the uh, DLF Trade Analyzer. Um, writing articles all the time and uh, yeah just having a great time on Twitter my Twitter is at FF Zinger um, I do projections I do uh, analysis over at FF statistics as well um, so all good things and excited to be here nice uh, well I have I have one question for you first Michael you were in San Diego last week and you didn't call me man you even went to the zoo so I have to ask you what was your favorite animal you saw at the, at the San Diego Zoo I know, man. That was the biggest mistake I made going to San Diego, uh, not reaching out to you. Uh, I can't believe I did that. But um, my favorite animal was definitely the orangutan. orangutan there you go. Yeah, don't exhibit. call them tangs. There we go. No, they're not tangs. They're tans. Um, I know Bobby got that, got that wrong once. Um, but yeah, so there were three of them there. They were all really active. They were swinging on vines. I got a really good video of them. There was one baby who kept falling out of the, his swinging um experience all the time they were just they were just awesome to nice. see and matt i definitely should have reached out to you because apparently there's this thing called june gloom in san diego <laughs> there. which i was not aware of when i went in the middle of june yeah literally j- j- we had gloom until just this gray like i mean i love the weather it's nice for working outside it's like mid 60s or whatever but uh last week we got back into the 80s and 90s so uh, it's, it's warm again so you missed it by a week basically um, all right, well, let's let's dig in, man. Uh, I'm just going to throw it to you off the top here and just introduce the tool. You know, what, is, what does it do? What is it capable of? Uh, you know, if you want to talk a little bit more about the development side of things, feel free to do that. Just, you know, kind of introduce it however you like. Sure. 
Um, so the Dynasty Trade Analyzer, it, it came about as um, I was a student in college at the time. Um, I had actually just learned how to code in Python and wanted to just get some more experience doing it. So I figured what better way to do it than to do some cool fantasy football things um, other than my homework. <laughs> so I started building this algorithm and was posting about it here and there on, on my Twitter page. And Ken Moody reached out to me and he was uh, saying how DLF had wanted to get into this space for a while. And so we collaborated with Mike McGregor, who is like the best um, website designer like I've personally ever gotten to work with. Um, and we just hammered out the details of it. Um, you know, we worked on the code, worked on the algorithms for months on end. Um, and eventually, with some help from other guys like Tan Hope, uh, Peter Howard, um, we got this thing launched. And it's been a huge success since, I think. I think we launched early May, if I remember correctly. We've had some good success with it so far uh the the values basically how the trade analyzer works is a couple different things goes into it um dynasty dlf adp um some dlf rankings and we actually use real mfl trades that go into the value calculation of all the players um so we have tens of thousands of trades from mfl databases all dynasty leagues Superflex, one qb um, we're working on developing titan premium some IDP leagues, some Devi leagues, all this really cool space that we can get into. Um, but the main thing we wanted to focus on was the DLF trade analyzer was not just going to be a trade calculator. We wanted this thing to be the one place people go to both analyze their trade from a value perspective and also do research on their own. So look at the DLF ADP tools that we have. Look at the DLF trade finder to look at other similar trades. Look at articles on DLF, 4 for 4, Number Fire, all these different places that provide great content for readers. Um, so we really feel that the trade analyzer is more than just a trade calculator. And while that has that functionality, it's really the place to go if you're stuck on a trade or want to do more research before hitting accept or just want to feel out how to send that initial off. Yeah, that's what I love about it is that it just aggregates all that information onto one page. So you get the ADP, you get the, the, the trade calculator, like you mentioned, you get the nice graph of the ADP, you get the, the trades that have actually happened, you know, you get suggestions of how to how to balance out the trade. So it's just really an awesome tool. And it's amazing that we provide it as like a as a free service uh, with your obviously with your premium subscription. Dan, any uh, initial thoughts here for or questions for Michael? Yeah, I want to go back to the, the first thing you said there, Michael about the tool itself you mentioned the algorithm and without giving away too many of the hints or the the tips or anything like that of how dlf uh and this tool comes up with these values can you dig deep a little bit deeper anyway into what exactly maybe somebody that hasn't had a chance to use this what they're going to see and and how that that algorithm or all those things that you're pulling in compiles this data and gives you spits out a number really and what that number really means absolutely so like i said there are three parts mainly that go into the generation of that value that you see on the on the screen um there's the dlf adp which ryan runs uh, every month we got superflex and one qb adp going into the value calculation the dlf rankings which are a great resource as well um we have you know tens of rankers uh putting their rankings in so there's a lot of data in that but I think the main thing that I was really excited about and that Ken was really excited about when he approached me about it was that we do take into account those real trades. Um, so our values might be wrong. We, 
we recognize that, like when we did the first algorithm of ADP and rankings alone. But what we found was when doing, when inputting the real trades into the value calculation, we were actually able to adjust and give our users a more realistic sense of what we think the values are. So they are driven by what the actual market is saying of a particular player at a particular time. For example, a really good indicator of this was when Tyree Kill news broke um, back in April or May or, or something along those lines. We saw a lot of people trading away Tyree Kill um, at lower than what the calculator or what the analyzer would have said was good value. So it actually took those trades into account and lowered Tyree Kill's value every single day that trades were being made. And while ADP gets updated every month and rankings get updated when the rankers just, uh, go in to update their rankings, um, we feel that the analyzer is actually able to incorporate market value faster than it otherwise would. So be. it's given you that real-time data and that real-time, those updates are coming in as every trade on MFL really goes down. Tell us a little bit about how you gather that data from MFL and how maybe owners in leagues or commissioners in leagues can be a part of that and have their data or their league um, help, help compile all this information for DLF. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the really cool things that made this tool so practical was that DLF, even before I started making this tool, um, had this data already available through the DLF Trade Finder. So any trade that you know was going down in MFL, uh, in a dynasty league, you know, different options, different team levels, different quarterback settings, um, we had all that data already, and we just decided to use it in a different way. Um, if you for some, you know, if you don't think that your league, if you're going through the trade finder and you recently did a trade uh, and it's not showing up in there and you want your league to be a part of it, definitely just reach out to myself, uh, Ryan, anyone, a part of this podcast, you two, um, and we'll get your league on there and you can be a part of how the DLF trade analyzer values players. Okay, let's go through the analyzer like from top to bottom when we're when maybe somebody new is going to click on the tool for the first time they have a few options to choose from that will help them give more accurate grades to each player walk walk our listeners through each one of those those options that they have so the first thing you'll notice is that if you're looking on web browser there is a a different amount of teams you can select so 10 team 12 team 14 and 16 and what this mostly help does is order the draft picks right um, when you select draft picks. It helps value those draft picks correctly. So we know a, you know, a first in a 10-team league is not the same as a first in a 16-team league and, and so forth. Um, so that really helps drive some of the pick valuation. And we're actually currently working uh, on a way to adjust the player values based on that team setting because we're having discussions about that because it could possibly be a factor. Um, and the next thing you can go into for the trade analyzer is one quarterback or two quarterbacks slash super flex. What that allows you to do, obviously, is select which set of values you want to look at. Um, the nice part about how we calculate the one quarterback versus the super flex is that we're not just applying some formula to quarterbacks to make them more valuable we're actually getting data off of real super flex leagues and off of the adp for super flex and and so forth so it's not just a straight up value increase or value calculation that we're applying it's across the board 
The two last things um, which are important are the draft pick value slider. So what that pretty much says is if you feel for some reason that the trade analyzer values draft picks too high or too low, um, we don't want that to stop you from using the tool because that can be very subjective across different people. Some people value draft picks. They want to trade draft picks every single time they get them. Other people value draft picks a lot more, and sometimes it's league dependent. So we want to be able to help our users adjust them so that the tool isn't just useless to them. Um, and finally, the the package adjustment. This, is, I think, is the, the most critical part to understand about the actual um, valuation section of the trade analyzer. And what that does is discount one side of the trade based on both the players that you put in it and the amount of player differences that are on each side. So if you're doing a three for one trade or a two for one trade or a four for two trade, it's actually going to discount the side that has multiple assets on it um, because of things like you know, the whole premise of four quarters doesn't equal a dollar in fantasy football, or um, there's roster configurations that, you know, you can't, you're going to have to drop players if you take on three additional players in a trade. So there is inherently value loss in that. And we formulate all of that in into our package adjustment. And you'll notice if you plug in a lot of different trades, just having three to one doesn't give you a straight up value package adjustment. It actually adjust based on the actual players that are in the deal. So it's not just a straight calculation that's the same for every single thing you do. It actually does take into account who is being traded. Yeah, and, and those last two that you talked to talked about there are my favorite uh, favorite things to mess with. And it took me a few minutes to, or, or many, many different trades inputted to really figure out exactly what it does, even after reading about it on the intro screen and, and things like that. Uh, that adjusting draft pick values tool, I think, and maybe both of those probably, Michael, people probably glaze over them because I, I just want the payoff. I just want to know. If somebody sent me this trade offer. I plugged in both sides. Uh, yeah, I'm in a 12-team league. It's two quarterback. Give me the number. But when you when you fine-tune that to uh, customize it even more towards your league or perhaps how you perceive your league values draft picks, it can give you a much more accurate view. I feel like there's one league in particularly that I play in where other owners draft – or value draft picks at a way higher level than in any other league that I play in. So messing with that adjustment a little bit, I feel gives me a little bit more accurate look at what the rest of the league might think. And then that package adjustment, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. So, so Michael, I know you'd kind of walked us through like a basic way to use that, but is there any specific way that you would recommend users like go about it? Is it just as simple as, you know, okay, this is a trade off or put it, put it in there and see what it says, you know, look at all the other resources that it pulls in as well. Or, you know, is there another use for it uh, in, in terms of research and things like that? And if there is, does it work well with other tools that we have here at DLF, whether it's the trade finder, I guess, I guess that probably is pulled into the analyzer, um, but the new ADP tool we have anything else that it really works with or, or a way that you would recommend uh, people use this tool for research uh, not just you know figuring out if they want to trade or not the main way that I use it personally is 
whenever I get an offer sent to me, um, you know, I will plug it into the analyzer to see what it comes out with and see potentially where the differences lie in both the trade analyzer's valuations and perhaps my own valuations. But one of the really cool new features that we added was the ability to actually see, okay, this trade is off by, you know, maybe 20 or 30% according to the valuation. We actually added a section that gives you recommendations as to which players might make the trade closer. So what I'll do is if I think there's a player that I want to buy or if I think there's a player that I want to sell, but I don't really know um, maybe where to start or you know, there's a particular player on my team that I'm looking to sell and I'm just wondering, oh, if I want Tyler Boyd in return for this player, what could I reasonably expect on top just so I'm not lowballing an owner or overpaying the first time around? Um, so we actually have that tool in there where if you input, let's say, Adam Thielen to one side and Tyler Boyd to the other side, you know, it'll show you a list of you know, seven or eight other players or picks that you could add to the Tyler Boyd side in order to make it a fair trade in the analyzer. Um, that's one particular feature that we added, I think, within the past month that I have abused <laughs> in terms of how much I use it. Uh, I play with it all day. Um, it's really just a, a fantastic resource within the trade analyzer itself. And I really like um, one last thing. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, the fantasy news and analysis section, uh, I'm mostly looking at DLF and what gets posted on my Twitter timeline in terms of articles and analysis. But if I want to actually see specific analysis on a specific player from other websites that I might not have gone to, the, the trade analyzer actually puts those into the website. So if I put in Tyler Boyd, I get five articles on Tyler Boyd all within the past month of things to expect, what could, what could his value be, is he a sell high, buy low, um, all, that th all that stuff. So I usually click on those articles, see if there's something that I'm missing in this trade perhaps, or maybe why this guy offered me uh, this trade to begin with, um, and just go from there. That's a great point because we've all gotten those offers where like it just seems so lopsided in our favor. We're like, hmm, what's going on here? And, you know, you, you obviously you need to go to Roto World or whatever and, and check out to make sure there was an injury. He was cut. He was suspended, whatever. Uh, and the fact that this thing brings up that stuff right there for you to see. I mean, it's impossible to miss. So that is awesome. Dan, uh, any anything else you want to talk to Michael? My favorite use for the tool, whether I'm buying or selling a player, is to leave one side of the tool empty and look at similar values of a player I'm trying to add or a player I'm trying to send out to get a good gauge. Like, like if you just put Miles Sanders on one side and, of course, put put the settings of the league in, it's going to spit out seven or eight names of players that are closely rated. And that will give you a very good starting point for for the tool or, or for trade negotiations. Um, it, I could even see it working if you were in a, in a draft and in a startup draft and you were thinking about three or four different players to again, get a very good gauge on, on what the rest of the league or what the community as a whole feels this player's value is. You also mentioned that when you see that trade and you're, you're trying to come up with a counter, the suggested picks is 
probably one of the coolest features of it. Um, that'll just fill in the blank. If it's 35 points off, it'll tell you which pick in the third round you should add to it uh, or, or whatever. So um, just a lot of cool features. I, I really, really like how it works. Um, and, and I'm so glad you, you explained it the way you did. Is there anything else you want to add about the, the trade analyzer yourself? Sure. Uh, I mean, two things, really. One, it, kind of what you alluded to as well, when looking to add those extra pieces to the deal in the suggested players and picks section, what it does, too, is actually try to take into account the package value adjustment when suggesting players. So you might see, for example, that your trade is off by 50 points, and you might see that its suggested players is actually in the 70 to 80 range. That's because it's trying to take into account if you add this player now the package adjustment is also going to change. So we try to actually take that into account early so that otherwise what would happen is if you added that player that's 50 points, the package value adjustment would actually bring it down and still wouldn't be a fair trade. So that's just something to kind of be aware of and something that uh, we worked really hard on to make it more user-friendly. Does it still do that if you check the little box that says don't make the package adjustment? No, I just think this thing is so awesome. I mean, there's a lot of uh, trade calculators out there. This thing, I, I, as far as I know, it does more more stuff than, than any of the other ones. So, uh, And yours included with the DLF premium subscription. So if you're not a subscriber, you probably should be to play with this thing. Last question for me, Michael. Uh, I, I know you guys are probably working on you know adding some other features and options and stuff. I'm sure all those crazy IDP players are probably clamoring for IDP inclusion. Uh, uh, anything else like, pe- like points per carry starting to become in vogue, t- tight end premium. I don't know how you would necessarily do contracts or salary cap uh, or how, how you would incorporate that necessarily. But any other new features you want to tell us about? Absolutely. And that was kind of the second thing that I, I was going to say. Um, we're constantly trying to think of ways to improve this tool. Um, we talk in our Slack group me pretty much every day about where we're at in progress with certain different things. We're trying to add IDP. We're trying to incorporate Devi because uh, DLF has that amazing cornerstone rankings section of the of the website where you can actually see potentially where this year's rookies stack up with next year's rookies and and maybe the rookies before so all those things are are options we're trying to put in tight end premium like you said different formats um we're really trying to make this as adjustable as possible and one thing that we're also trying to do is make it specific to your league um and by that we mean potentially a league import setting that's potentially in version two of the trade analyzer um, so you could actually maybe import your league uh, to have really personalized settings to what is going on in your league specifically, with your team specifically. So these are all really big picture ideas, um, just a taste of what's to come, hopefully. Uh, we're working on it, and hopefully you know, by the time the season rolls around or by next off season, there's even more features uh, for this trade analyzer. Man, to be able to pull in the data from, from your league, it's almost like you could get the analyzer to suggest completed trades or suggest the offer for you. Uh, because we talked about the suggested additions. It would already know which picks you own. And, you know, what if I add this pick, it's he's going to counter with this. And, and you know, the, the possibilities are really endless, Michael. Exactly. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're being pretty ambitious, uh, so it's definitely going to take some time to develop. Um, but we're also putting out really tiny little additions here and there, um, like the suggested players box. That wasn't really a version two rollout, but more of just a, hey, we 
finished up this improvement and we wanted to share it with you all. So we're working on little things as well as big things and trying to share them whenever they're done. The, uh, the, the mobile experience is pretty good too, but I wonder, is there uh, any conversation about making an actual like app for it, for this particular tool? Cause I think that would be pretty incredible too. Definitely. Um, we've considered a lot of possibilities in that space as well. Right now, you can go on your web browser. Uh, if you have an iPhone, just Safari or Google Chrome or anything. Um, we're working on actually getting it more screenshotable, if that is a, yeah, is yeah. a word. Um, it's really easy to do on the computer screen. So if you are trying to put a, a trade onto Twitter or send to your friend or your league mate, um, definitely you can do that really easily through the, the actual, if you're going to your computer right now. Um, and we know that that needs to be uh, a thing that we implement in the near future in terms of making it a little bit uh, easier to scroll through on mobile. But it's a ton of information. Um, if you want the full experience, uh, web browser is definitely the way to go for the time being because um, it's really clean on there uh, and you won't miss a thing. What about, what about guys who haven't seen it yet? Maybe they're not a subscriber to DLF, but are hearing about this for the first time listening to the podcast here today, what would you suggest uh, to learn more about it or, or add anything else going forward so that so these guys can learn about it and, and maybe make that decision to join DLF, subscribe, and use this great tool? Absolutely. So the Trade Analyzer is actually still in its free phase. Um, you can go onto DynastyLeagueFootball.com and go to the Trade Analyzer. Um, and look at it. I believe, uh, I don't want to make an incorrect statement here, but I believe it's free through July 31st. Um, but I'll definitely double check that and uh, post about it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, definitely go on there, check it out, check out all that DLF has to offer. Um, the Trade Analyzer, it's not increasing the cost of DLF, DLF membership or anything. We really are just giving this tool to our, to our subscribers because they've been asking for it and we felt like it was a great thing to, to give to them for being loyal subscribers and checking out our content and our rankings and the ADP. So there's really just, if you needed another reason to subscribe to DLF, I think this really puts it over the top, um, not only for what it is right now, but hopefully what it will become. All right. Uh, that was awesome, Michael. Once again, you can follow him at FFZinger on Twitter. Reach out to him with any questions about the Trade Analyzer, and uh, I'm sure he would be willing to interact with you about anything fantasy or dynasty related. So definitely do that. I, I forgot to mention at the top, but we do actually have a SFB9 giveaway. Uh, we asked you guys to go get, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast at. Uh, so I, we had a bunch of replies to that. I pulled up a random number generator, and the winner of of the SFB9 spot is at Art Clausen, C-L-A-U-S-E-N on Twitter. So uh, I'll, I'll send out a, a, a tweet to you with an invite uh, and we'll get you set up for that. So congrats, Art. Uh, and the last thing we're going to do, guys, we're actually going to play with the, oh, I played with the, the trade analyzer a little bit. You guys are going to have to play a game with the trade analyzer. So I pulled up all of the draft picks. Michael might kill you on this, Dan, because since you know he developed it at all, but uh, there's, we're not, we're not really doing this for, for, for winners and losers, but uh, it's going to be fun anyway. Uh, so basically I pulled up the values of all of the, the first round draft picks in a 12 team standard one quarterback PPR league. Uh, and, and I compared them to a certain player. So I'm just going to throw them at you guys. Uh, I'll throw one to Dan then throw one to Michael back and forth. And uh, you guys want the pick. Uh, is it the player that's more valuable according to the trade analyzer or the pick and, and what your thoughts are on, on that outcome? So, Dan, we'll start with you actually first. 101, 
or George Kittle? I would assume that in a standard league that Kittle is more valuable. That's right. George Kittle at 529.9 versus 440 for the 1.01. So I thought that was pretty interesting, honestly. I, I don't know in a regular one tight end league that I would, would, would pay the 101 for him. Would you, Dan? I think it's close enough. I, actually, I think I would, especially if I needed a tight end. You know, I, I think we're all pr- relatively aware that unless you have one of those top couple of guys – you're rotating tight ends most likely and and you're looking at those guys that that you're hoping catches a touchdown that week over the last handful of years I've gotten used to being a Gronk owner and when he's healthy you just put him in your lineup and now that he's gone I'm really leery of playing that game that a lot of dynasty owners and fantasy owners out there play where you're trying to find that guy that week. So I've spent a little time this offseason chasing Ertz and Kittle and Kelsey to try to stabilize the position after losing Gronk, and I feel better in the leagues that I have them. So I, I think I would, but it'd have to be in the right league with the right situation. Any, any thoughts there, Michael? Um, yeah, I, I would say that you know, if we're basing it off of what the 101 is in, in 2019, it's either probably Nikhil Harry or Josh Jacobs. And both those players definitely have their question marks about them. Um, and I think both are being valued in the kind of low-end positional two range. So, you know, low-end RB2 or, a, you know, low-end wide receiver two in the case of Harry. Um, so I think, you know, give me, the, give me the tight end who broke out tremendously last year and I think still only like 25 years old. So it gives you a huge edge. And for a, for a RB2 or a wide receiver two type player, um, you know, I think I'd take Kittle if, if the rest of my roster kind of allows for it, like Dan said. Fascinating. You guys are kind of crazy, but I, I get it. <laughs> All right, we'll go to 102, Michael. This will probably be easy for you. Kenny Galladay or the 102? I think it's Galladay. It is Galladay, 476.3 in the analyzer to 406.2. This one is, uh, I think I would probably take Galladay in this situation too. I think I want the pick in this case. Yeah. And especially if I'm if the pick is on the clock and I know which of the two players I'm going to get. Um, and, and again, it fits into my team. I, you know, I've been a Galladay supporter in the past, but there are question marks for sure. I, I don't know if there's, you know, there's been all that talk about consistency and, and will it take will he take the next step now this year now that now that he's the number one guy in town and should kind of take over that number one role in Detroit. If I was selling Galladay, I think that's about what I'd be expecting. Uh, if you could get one of those top two players, you, if you were selling, I, th- I think you'd be pretty happy with it. So, so then Nikhil Harry or Kenny Galladay, I guess, is the, is the question, Dan. Well, I think it's team dependent for sure. If Galladay is my best receiver, I think I want Harry. I want the upside of Harry. You, also, you were really rude. You interrupted Michael. This was his pick, so I think he should have got to, to analyze this one first. But, no. <laughs> That's Freaking totally Dan. okay. Freaking Dan, every time. I think, I think Galladay for the 1-1 style move is, is pretty, pretty fair. Um, for me, I mean, I have Nikhil Harry 101, um, and I take Galladay over him. So I think having Galladay a little bit, over, a little bit more over the 102 kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, uh, Dan, th- this one's for you, buddy. So you can you can jump in first this feel, time. Feel free to interrupt, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> the one hundred and three 
or Aaron Jones? I want the 103. The 103 is the right answer, just barely. 374.9, and Aaron Jones comes in at 371.6. Wow, straight up, yeah. Yeah, pretty much straight up. Uh, I think that's about right. I, I think I might rather have Miles Sanders there than Aaron Jones probably if he was on the board or J- if Jacobs fell for some reason. But I think pretty much everybody else in that range, I would uh, maybe David Montgomery too, I guess. But I think every uh, everybody else in that range, I, I would rather have uh, uh, Aaron Jones. Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I've been kind of critical of Jones here recently talking about how he, how he struggles to stay healthy. I think that Packers front office in particular and and probably the coaching staff as well even though it's a brand new coaching staff are leery at best when thinking about Jones as a 15 plus per game touches and there are other backs in in Green Bay now there there are guys going to that are going to get opportunities I think uh, Jones hasn't had any availability and so as a Jones owner in many places, I I would much rather make that flip. I'd, I'd flip him for Miles Sanders right away. Yeah, pretty easily. And actually, I just pulled up the uh, most recent uh, straight from MFL ADP from June. Only only drafts included in June. And it's actually Nikhil Harry all the way down at three. Montgomery has leapfrogged him up to two. So that's interesting. Um, so I think I, that if that was the option, I'd probably rather have Harry. But uh, I don't really know if I've seen Harry fall that far in my leagues, but I'm sure he has somewhere. Um, All right, back to Michael. The 104 or Corey Davis? Wow, I was just defending Corey Davis on Twitter yesterday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think I would take the pick here, though, specifically because I think Montgomery would be there at the pick. Um, And I would prefer Montgomery. I really like him as a as a potential bell cow back. So I, I think the pick would be more valuable. I think you're right. I think Montgomery will, would be there in most drafts, although I guess according to June, ADP is not, not really. But uh, that was only 15 drafts, so who knows. Uh, the, the actual right answer in this case, though, the trade, trade analyzer says Corey Davis 354.9 and the 104 346.1. So still pretty close. So kind, of a, kind of a coin flip situation there. Dan, uh, your thoughts? Well, I, my thoughts are... Even if Montgomery's not there, if he's taken at three, then that means you get Sanders. So, so I, I prefer whoever's available for sure. And uh, Michael, I, I guess I'd like to know why you were defending Corey Davis, who's the second second best <laughs> wide receiver on his team. True, I, I'm a big AJ Brown fan. I don't think you can be both, Michael. It's got to be one or the other, <laughs> according to Twitter. I guess it makes me a, a Mariota truther by default. Then. Ouch. Ooh, that's, it. That's, that's, it, that's that's a tough position to be in that, yeah that doesn't feel good no uh all right dan 105 or baker mayfield i want the 105 for sure yeah it's uh it is close 319.5 for the 105 or baker at 315.5 but it's tough to in a one quarterback league to even take you know mayfield or or really even mahomes that high i guess i guess if it was mahomes i might might make that that leap but uh, not really for anybody else there. I think that if we were talking about it being the 105 next year, then that becomes a, a bigger question mm. because there's not a name attached to that. And maybe there's, you know, I, and I know the hype is, as always, out of control for next year's draft. But if, if you had that conversation, maybe it'd be a different one than it, the one we're having right now because, because we, have, we know who's going to be there at five most likely. And just to to put some put put a name to that, one hundred and five right now in June is Metcalf. So I think I'd rather have Metcalf there. 
All right, 106. Michael, 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 did you have any uh, thoughts on Mayfield? First of all, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's tough. I I probably would actually prefer Mayfield, mostly because I I'm not super sold on one of DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, or Paris Campbell there. And certainly, if I'm going to take Hawkinson, I'd rather at the onesie position take mm-hmm. take the quarterback. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not super sold on. The 105 through 107 range, I'd prefer to trade back to 108 to 112. And maybe even Daryl Henderson is the 105 now. Um, I Man, don't think that's, that's out of the question either. So if that's the case, then I might just take Baker and, and plug in my starting quarterback for hopefully the next eight years. That's fair. Uh, and we'll come right back to you with the 106 versus Sammy Watkins. Ugh, I just threw up a little. <laughs> He's so hard to value right now. I, I, I'm still, I'm getting sucked back in, man. I, I know this Tyreek thing is, it looks like it's trending towards he's going to play. Maybe he gets a big suspension, but I don't know. Like I have a, I have a, I have a really good feeling about Watkins this year. So my answer to the trade analyzer question would be, I think Watkins is more valuable. Yeah, that's correct. Three hundred five point six to two ninety four point nine. Yep, and I think that's a bit inflated by Tyreek Hill news. Um, and not that I think that Sammy Watkins isn't a good athlete and a good wide receiver and a good talent. Um, but if I can, at this point in his career, the fact that he's still worth a mid first, um, after not really doing a whole lot for the last three years is, you know, I think it's a good cash out opportunity. If, if you want to get out and not suffer through another year of is Sammy Watkins going to be a dynasty wide receiver one again? Yeah, it might it might be your last time to get out if he if he chokes or just gets hurt again or, or whatever, you know, just disappoints in general. It might be your last chance to get some real value for him. Uh, that said, though, man, I just they paid him so much money. They kind of reset the, the wide receiver uh, salary with him. And I, I feel like they really want him involved. So it's just going to be that matter of health. Um, let's go back to oh Dan. Did you have any thoughts on Watkins? You said you threw up. So I'm assuming you want the pick there. I'm recovering from throwing up. <laughs> I can't believe Fair he's enough. worth it. Well, I can't believe he's worth that. Are people doing those trades? We should look at recent trades and see if somebody's trading a mid first for Sammy Watkins right now. Because that sounds gross. <laughs> okay. I'll try to pull up while I throw this one to you. 107 or your boy Mike Williams? Ooh. So like A.J. Brown or Mike Williams, I guess. Uh, I think the trade calculator will say the pick. The trade calculator actually says Mike Williams. Again, it's basically straight up, but just just barely over there. 276.9 for Williams and 272.3 for the 107. I but, think uh, I compare the two. They're, they're relatively similar with the exception that, that Williams plays with a better better quarterback. And at the same point, at the same time, Williams also has to fight off other options in the offense that are going to catch passes. I like the opportunity to reset. If I have Williams, I like Williams a lot and to be able to flip over to a guy like AJ Brown or, or maybe one of the other guys fall to that spot. The, one of the guys we just talked about, uh, I like their upside as well. So kind of like what Michael was saying, um, when you get into this range, there's there's a lot of value, similar values. So if the guy that you particularly like is still there, I can see flipping Williams for for that. But who am I to judge what the analyzer says? <laughs> Michael, your thoughts? Uh, I think I would also take Mike Williams, but it would be really close between um, him and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or Paris Campbell for me. 
Um, and I think you'd get more production now out of Williams where you could potentially sell him for one of those other two receivers mid-season if you wanted to. Um, so while I do, I actually do like both the rookies I named long-term more than Williams, mostly because I think the Chargers roster is really young and not changing anytime soon. Whereas, I mean, you have Phillip Rivers too, who's, who's getting up there in age, maybe might retire in the next two years or so. Um, and I just don't see the, the volume upside uh, for, for Williams personally. Um, but that being said, I recognize that his value now um, for this season is definitely higher than the two rookies. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Maybe this is a situation where it depends on your team build up and what else you can do with that pick. You know, if you can combine it with another pick to move up in the draft or, or, or whatever, you know. So, um, but going back to Sammy real quick, your question, there is one trade in the trade finder, Dan, uh, that happened in, oh, it was way back in, in April though. Uh, but there was a 106 straight up for Sammy Watkins. So most recently, uh, it's some combination and some other stuff added to it. 106 and, uh, and, and a 2023rd for Watkins and a 303 this year. Uh, so that's, that's basically pretty much straight 106 up. to, yeah, it's basically straight up. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, some people are doing that, Dan. Wish I was in leagues with them. <laughs> we got to stop playing in, in writer only leagues, Dan. It's, <laughs> it's, it makes uh, life a little bit harder for us. Uh, let's go to, uh, back to Michael 108 versus Will Fuller. I think the 108 is going to be more highly valued. It is 251.3 to 235. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm not, I've never been the biggest Will Fuller fan, but I guess it's like Will Fuller versus Paris Campbell. You know, I, I think in that situation, I probably want Campbell, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller, when he's on the field is obviously a game changer. Um, it, it is, he might be one of those guys that's just going to be efficient with his targets with Deshaun Watson every single year. And he does have first round draft capital. Um, I think he's entering his fourth season, if I remember correctly. Um, so he's definitely a player that I like, but I, I like the opportunity not behind DeAndre Hopkins of another player that I can get, whether that be even Daryl Henderson in this range, or I might take a stab at one of the tight ends um, over taking Will Fuller, who, you know, I'm not a big fan of those Deshaun Jackson type boomer bust players to put in my lineup every week. Um, so unless I'm in like a best ball style league, uh, I'd prefer the pick. Yeah, and, and he doesn't even have the availability of a guy like DJX who, who seems to run out there every single week. And, you know, whether he was young or, or now later in his career, Will Fuller is missing way too many games. His availability is almost uh, nothing. It seems like you can't trust him from week to week or sometimes even play to play. When he's on the field, he makes plays. but And, I, and I've kind of shied away from him for all those reasons in the past as well. I think a lot of there are a lot of truthers out there, a lot of guys that that really like Will Fuller, and they're easily sending late firsts to add Will Fuller to their team. I like the wild card, the the new guy, and I'd I'd try adding one of these late first round wide receivers like Campbell or or one of the others uh, instead of Fuller. I'd rather go trade a mid second for Kiki Cutie than pay a first round pick for Phil Fuller. That's just me. Yeah. I think I, I don't think it's that. just you. I, I think that's a that's a solid hill to stand on. All right, back to you, Dan. Uh, this one might be a little tough. One hundred nine or Tyreek Hill. Ooh, this is like where we're at now with Hill. I was to say, where's the line? Where's the line for you with Hill? Yeah, I, I, you know, really, when I 
on the teams that I have Tyreek Hill, I just keep on holding because I don't even get offers of 109. I think I think the analyzer will probably take the pick, but I'm going to take Hill. Yep, the analyzer takes the pick. Again, just barely, though, 232 to 228.4. So... Uh, according to the analyzer, that's about where that line is. If you're going to move Tyreek, I was actually. So, but oh, if you, ha- no, no, would you? Would you like if you had 109 and somebody said, "Hey, give me your one, give me 109," or sorry, some if you have the 109 and somebody says, "I'm going to give you Tyreek Hill for it," you would take that. Especially if I'm a contender, and even even if I'm a yeah. contender that's maybe set at wide receiver, I am strongly considering it. Uh, somebody came and asked for Tyreek Hill off of one of my teams today with the 110, and I shot that down. So I guess that's about where the line is. I'm really, on teams where where I'm a contender, I look at it as Tyreek Hill is hurt, and none of us condone anything or like having bad guys on our teams or anything like that, but when we have something that is worth something, uh, worth fantasy points, it's hard to sell it. I, I'm. I look at him as a guy that's hurt. That we already know we're gonna at some point know his exact return date instead of kind of, and we're not going to have to worry about reaggravating that injury. And it's an elite player, so it's it's like making a trade at the trade deadline. Most likely, if it's a, some kind of suspension, even a long one, it's like making a trade at the trade deadline for an elite player that immediately goes into your starting lineup, and you didn't have to give up anything if you already have him. Okay, I'll take that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here, though, as I like to do. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move up. Let's move up the chain and see how, how where where, where oh your actual gosh. line is, where you would take that. So let's let's start at 105. DK Metcalf or T Tyreek Hill. I want DK. Okay, AJ Brown at six or Tyreek Hill. I like AJ Brown, but I th- I think I'm gonna hold on to Hill there. Okay, so one. I'm probably higher than might, most. Might be enough. Do you think I'm higher than most? Dan, would you take Watkins over Hill? Would I take Sammy Watkins over Hill? Yeah, two players we talked about today. Currently higher, higher value That's than the ridiculous. trade That Hill. That is craziness to me. I, I can't understand that. I'll take Hill all day long. And if I could get Hill in something, I'd celebrate. That is a huge win. <laughs> all right. Uh, your, your quick thoughts there, Michael, and we move on. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Hill's – I think Hill's actually going to be – for better or worse, uh, a riser throughout the rest of the off season. Um, so I think, you know, if you can get him for the one Oh nine, I think both in, if he's on the football field, he's obviously going to perform. Um, but even if he does get suspended, um, which, you know, I hope he does, but if he, if he doesn't get suspended, then if it's through August and he's not suspended yet, I mean, he's going to be worth, if you have a late August draft, he's going to be worth that one Oh four, one Oh five easy. Yeah. I, I just think he's getting, at least six games, um, but we'll, we will we will find out soon. Uh, let's move on to the one ten. Back to you, Michael Kareem Hunt, or the one ten. I I want the pick here. Um, I think that's probably what the analyzer says. Hunt uh, by actually about forty five points. Hunt two fifty nine point three, and the one ten two fourteen point two. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I think the community values Hunt more than I do personally. I think his ADP is probably I didn't look at at june at him specifically but it's probably around like 60 to 70 if i were to guess um and i think that's that i think that's kind of high for me um 
if I can get a player that I know is going to potentially rise in value over the first eight weeks of the season, producing well, or, or even just someone that I like more long-term, I, I don't really know if Kareem Hunt is going to get another chance at being a bell cow running back. Um, you know, he's on, he's obviously behind Nick Chubb right now, and they might use them as a, as a dual threat backfield. Um, but I don't really see a scenario where Hill rises as much as a potential rookie does at that spot. I completely echo what, what Michael said there. I'd, I'd rather have the rookie as well, and I don't value Hunt at the same level that it seems like the rest of the community does. It's it's interesting because a lot of Hunt supporters do point to he's going to take carries away from Chubb, but all that does is, is really hurt both of them until one of them either – doesn't isn't as useful or efficient or you know exciting or whatever or or one of them gets hurt and then in that case which is the case most of the time uh the other guy gets the you know gets the big bump in value and it and it's a 50 50 shot so i'm i'm not i'm not nearly as high either and and i'd rather have those that that guy that i can get with the pick Currently, 110 on MFL rookie drafts in June is Noah Fant. Does that change your mind at all? I think I could pick a player better than Noah Fant. <laughs> yeah, I'd pick JJ Osega Whiteside, I think, as well. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're on the same page, yeah. Michael. <laughs> and, Michael, if you haven't heard, it's, it's Arthago Whiteside. Oh, right, right, Arthago. <laughs> I, I will never get used to that. It just, yeah, I'm going to keep pronouncing it wrong. And I'm, I'm sorry if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Dan, back to, to you, 111 or Rashad Penny? Oh, I'm getting sucked in on the Rashad Penny thing. It, Me too. And I, I hated him coming out. Not that long ago, just probably about a month ago, I watched every touch Penny had as a rookie. And I kept going, wow, that I can't believe he wasn't getting more touches. I can't believe they weren't giving him a few more carries each each Sunday. And it made me think, man, maybe I need to need to uh, try to acquire him in a couple places. So I did. So I, I don't know if that's a, that's a good thing or a bad thing for his upside. And I, I believe his ADP has stayed pretty steady through the offseason. In fact, I'm just pulling it up. It went from 82 to 83 to 82 to 79 and then 79 again in June. So it, it, it's staying pretty steady. Um, I'm, a, I'm a buyer, so I think... Now is the time to buy Penny because his value is gonna gonna increase. It's gonna spike once the season starts. So you want Penny over the? I'll take Penny. I think I would send. I think I would send easily like the one hundred nine for Penny. I think that that would be about well, where, where I went. That's probably about right. Yeah, I'd say so. I I'm one of the, you know. You want to always talk about your bad takes. Uh, I was very adamant late in the season after Geist tore his ACL that Penny should be 102 in <laughs> rookie drafts. So, you know, I'll take the L on that one. No, you got time. You still got time. <laughs> We're talking dynasty here. <laughs> True. It's the long game. Um, yeah, the long game. So I, if you can get Penny at a discount this year, um, if you really think that he's better than Chris Carson, then I think you have to trade for the – Trade the one eleven for him. One eleven currently is Debo Samuel. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take Benny, but I do like Samuel. And we're gonna wrap up here, Michael. The one twelve or Eric Ebron. I think Ebron's more valued in the calculator or in the analyzer. 
It's it's basically straight up, but uh, yeah, the pick one eighty two point five, Ebron one seventy nine point nine. So so basically the same, but uh, still, I mean, if you need a tight end, are you going to pay the one twelve for for Ebron or or maybe maybe I think what I would do in this situation? I know I just asked you, but I'm going to answer first. <laughs> uh, I, I I think what I would do was would 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 wait till like the pick was on the clock and hope that you know one of the other tight ends in this class, one of those top two or three, maybe I mean maybe I might even want Irv Smith over him to be honest with you. But especially those top two in Fant and Hawkinson, probably not. But I think I might hold out for Fant there, and if that's the case, I want Fant. Otherwise, if I if it's like the last piece of my championship run, I might pay it. But I think in general, I'm probably going to pass on that deal. Yeah, I think if like kind of like you said, it, it this one is kind of team dependent, um, and I hate using that cop out for talking about trades. But if you really aren't focused on tight end production, like if you have a a Zach Ertz or even like a Jared Cook on your team um, and you can get production for one to two years while Noah Fant sits on your roster and, and develops um, and Noah Fant's on the clock at 112. I have no problem trading Eric Ebron for the 112 to grab Fant. Um, but it, in general, if I were to talk about it in a vacuum, if I'm deciding between Ebron and Fant, I, I'd rather the production now in Ebron because um, I think that he will provide both those spike weeks um, and also – He's tethered to a really good offense for hopefully the next couple of years. Dan, I just you know you know me. We talked about this all last off season. I know he wasn't healthy, but I was uh, team Jack hashtag team Jack Doyle. And when both of them were healthy, Doyle ha- outsnapped him pretty much every time. So, uh, what do you think about this one? It's it, I can't believe this was an option because I saw this trade today. Well, not exactly this trade. So, guy who loses the championship last year with Gronk as his tight end today traded the one eleven. For Ebron, straight up draft. It, now it's salary cap, and so salaries kind of play a part. And he needed a little bit of, you know, he could take on the money, and the other guy, you know, would rather have the cheap pick. And he was on the clock. the The spot was on the clock, and Fant was available. So he chose the instant production because he's going to try to contend for one more year. So I, I think you found a pretty even one, and the analyzer certainly suggests that. As far as who I prefer there in Indianapolis, I'm with you, Matt. Uh, I don't know if he can repeat Ebron, that is, repeat that per, you know red zone production. Yeah, and I don't know if Doyle is going to be a tight end one either, but I'd still rather have him for, I mean, do you even have to pay a third round pick at this point for Doyle? So I, I would rather do that than to give up my first here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If I can get the 112 for Ebron and then trade a late second for Doyle, I think that's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap up this episode, you guys. Thanks again to Michael Zingoni at FF Zinger. Anything you want to plug here that you're working on uh, before we get out of here, Michael, or any, any other podcasts or any other places you write? Um, no, I, I don't uh, really podcast too much, so thanks for having me on, yeah, guys. I mean, this is probably my like fifth podcast ever. Um, but, yeah, I do a lot of work at FF Statistics, too. I do a lot of redraft-focused content there, um, coming out with a new series uh, called Player Pivots um, in the next couple months, so you know, players that have very similar profiles to early round ADP selections that you could potentially get later. Um, but definitely check out my work at Dynasty League Football. Um, write tons of articles there. I, I mainly focus a lot on Dynasty strategy, not really particular players. Um, so I am more focused on like the game theory aspect of it and what to do with specific uh, types of players and types of picks. So that's kind of my focus. Um, and I love writing about that sort of stuff over at DLF. So definitely check that out. Nice. You were awesome. We will definitely have to have you back on the podcast. Uh, one more last shout out to uh, our at Art Clausen. 
he won our SFB nine spot. So uh, we'll get in touch with you soon. Congratulations there for Dan at dmiler 22. I'm Matt at Matt price FF. And if you want, you can follow Ryan. He was at Disney right now at Ryan MC 23, follow the podcast at DLF podcast. And we will talk to you guys next week.